Hi, my name is Jay Cook, and I'm a professional counselor working with churches in North Carolina. Welcome to Maristem, a podcast where we talk about how we grow and change. Today, I'm talking with David Perkins, and David's going to share a story from his life, and we'll talk about it. This is a, a bit of story work from what we call story groups, and David has a beautiful example of what we call a story of Shalom. I hope you enjoy. I'm here with David, and you're going to read your story of Shalom, and you can just start whenever you're ready. Thank you, Jay. There was a kind of magic about the drive-in theater. I can still smell the homemade buttered popcorn. We helped Mom salt it and pour it into a large paper grocery bag. Now don't eat too much. You'll spoil your appetite, she would say. We always arrived a little bit early to the theater. The gravel crunched under the tires of our Volkswagen van as we searched for the perfect parking spot. As the oldest, I always went with Dad to the snack bar to help carry back drinks. It was an amazing place for a nine-year-old. All sorts of wonderful smells and candy. Mom wasn't the biggest fan of us having candy or even Coke. Dad always got Coke. Sometimes he'd let me have a little sip before we got back. Just don't tell your mom, he would whisper. After the snack run, my sister, Sydney, and I would race down to the playground at the foot of the huge movie screen. I loved the playground. It was our place, made for kids only. It felt good to have a special place that was just for us, no adults. We'd carefully head back to the van when the previews started, and I can remember a bunch of movies that we got to see sometimes even with some more violence than mom wanted. I don't know what violence was, but I like those movies the best. The first I can remember seeing was Lawrence of Arabia. That was really long. I mean, really long. I went to sleep. We watched Bruce Lee movies like Fists of Fury and Enter the Dragon. Those were violence movies. I remember Downhill Racer and John Wayne movies like Hellfighters. There was something about the tough guys that made my heart beat a little bit faster. It seems like they usually won. My dad really liked those movies, and so did I. They were a little dangerous. Sydney and I always seemed to fall asleep before the end of the movie. Even still, it was special because we got to stay up way past our bedtime. It kind of felt like I was more of an adult. But that wasn't even the best part of the night. That was when, at the end of the evening, getting a sip of Dad's Coke or watching a dangerous movie, that wasn't my favorite part. My favorite part was when we got home. After we pulled up to the driveway, into the carport, my dad, who seemed a little scary, if I think about it, if I'm honest, whenever I got into trouble, this larger-than-life man would open the door and reach in and gently pick Sydney and I up one at a time. He'd carry us into the house, tuck us into our beds, and it still kind of brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. I remember his Aramis cologne, the way he held me close as he carried me through the house all the way back to my bedroom. He would tuck me in, then quietly slip from the room, closing the door behind him. I sometimes just pretended to be asleep, it was the end of a really good day. 
tomorrow would be Saturday and Dad would be making bacon and eggs. I remember he also always used to butter my toast and he'd put jelly on it and cut it on the diagonal before serving it to us for breakfast. The end. Thank you, David. You're welcome. It's an excellent story. That's yeah, about the third time I've heard you read it. Uh huh. How do you feel? Um, there's there's that same emotion I mentioned in the story of just remembering uh, the gentleness of my dad, um, and a little context. I kind of grew up, maybe like a lot of guys do, being a little afraid of my dad. He was the disciplinarian, yeah. and that wasn't necessarily balanced with the, the, the softness and the love and the gentleness of the... I think I tell people, I feel like my parents loved me, but I didn't always know that they liked me. Um, so we didn't just hang out and do a lot of things. And as I kind of processed through this story, it was kind of cool. I felt like God kind of reminded me of some of those special moments. There were some really great shalom moments. Um, it wasn't all about you know, me not be, being celebrated or being uh, as special as I maybe felt I wanted to be. So this was one of those moments. And I, it, my voice caught a little bit when I read that part uh, about Dad carrying me in. And I just, um, I remember his cologne and it was, kind of a juxtaposition of some of the things that I felt from him growing up. Like maybe I didn't quite measure up. Uh, this was one of those moments where that wasn't even part of the equation. I just kind of, he, he carried me and I felt like I felt loved. That's what I felt. Yeah. Um, and so that brings up a little emotion in me. I feel some sadness. I feel a little bit of, uh, you know, just missing him. He's, he's passed some years back now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing in the story of Shalom for it to bring up some heartache. Yeah. Some sadness, some longing, maybe. Um, not because this story is about sadness or heartache. It's really not. Mm. But it you can't help but think about that in the context of the rest of your life then, but even just what happens after the story. What, you know. Right. Um, the brokenness of life. But it is a really good, and it's part of why I um, wanted you to share the story. It's just such a good example of goodness. There's mm -hmm. so much goodness in this story, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. A purity of goodness that, you know, a little boy is seeing and feeling and experiencing. And, um, you know, that's one thing that really sticks out to me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you did a good job too with the uh, the description of smells and tastes and thing, the way mm. things felt and mm -hmm. um, your dad's cologne, the smell of popcorn, the um, the sights on the screen, the different story, you know, the different movies that are playing, and what stuck out to you as a little boy and what sticks with you. Uh, mm. um, I love all that. Uh, I feel like I don't know, this is probably not. I mean, you you would probably agree with this, but I definitely want to hear what you think. But like, 
It seems to me like the moment where your dad is picking you up is the center point of the story, or yeah. sort of the rest of the story sort of revolves around that. Is that fair? I, yeah, that is. That, to me, that was the moment, and, and actually that's probably where my voice caught when I read it. Mm. That was the moment of, of tenderness, and, and there was, I'm probably 10 years old around that area of my life, so preteen. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't remember a lot of moments of that kind of tenderness and care, um, but this, it, it brings it up for me. And it's interesting, even like when I watch uh, a sporting event, you know, the, the Astros win the World Series and everybody crashes, that they, they kind of bum rush the pitcher and they jump all over him. Those are always sort of emotional moments for me. It's that physical, the powerful uh, um, caress and embrace um, from all these, you know, big, strong athlete guys. And I'm like, here's, here's my dad, who was an athletic guy, strong, uh, a little aloof emotionally. And that's why that moment sort of stands out as a kind of a stellar moment in my, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think what resonates with me about that is that there's all these really good things in the story that this little boy enjoyed, you know, but what really lasted with him was something that we don't always think of when we think about what kids need, which is just sort of intimacy of relationship or presence or what, yeah. what do you, how would you describe what your dad offered you in that moment that was so sweet? I think so. So I've always been big on touch. And so that's just me personally. Um, but having a hug, like, I don't remember a lot of times uh, until I got older um, where I told my dad he loved, I loved him or that he told me he loved me. So he wasn't a, he wasn't necessarily a man who was physically demonstrative of affection. Humor, anger, there's a number of things I saw in him. But what made that special for me was it was it was really tender. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. I don't want to wake the kids up. I just want to carry them mm -hmm. to their thing. <clears throat> and plus, it was, it was just he and I. There's some other moments in my mm -hmm. life that were very mm -hmm. like this, where it was just the two of us. We did something special. The, the background of that in the movie is, you know, we got to stay up later. We got to be a little bit more like adults. Uh, yeah. We were given some autonomy. We could, yeah. we could, you know, wander down through all these vehicles to the playground at the front, at the base of the screen. And all of a sudden, we feel a little <laughs> bit more, you know, we've been entrusted with something. Um, well, when you say, something just pinged in my mind when you said, this was attention on you only. Yeah. When he picked you up in that yeah. way. Yeah. That remind, or that makes me think of earlier in the story when you said there's these, uh, I forget the words you used for it, but there's like these dangerous men on the screen yes. that got you got you going a little bit, got your juices yeah. flowing. You were excited about them, but then you also noticed that your dad, those were the kind of people on the screen that he connected with too. Right. Right. So there's something about that too. There's like you yeah. and him sharing some things. Yes. Um, yeah. And my mom wasn't into the violence <laughs> so much, and right. she wasn't. My mom wasn't. Dangerous. It's probably, it makes me laugh. Dangerous, yeah. My my mom was particularly cautious. Yeah. Would be a way to say it. Uh, I can think of a number of stories in my life where that came through. My dad, on the other hand, was a little bit more 
you know, boys are going to be boys. They're going to fall down. They're going to scrape their knee. Let's let them experience a little bit of danger. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And it was for me. Yeah. But again, here's this kind of dangerous guy. Dad, in a lot of ways, was emotionally unknown to me and a little bit risky. Uh, and yet here he is wrapping me in his arms and carrying me in this tender moment. Well, so not only is he a little bit risky or potentially dangerous, he's also someone you'd longed yes. to love you. Yeah, yes. So it's kind of, it's a little bit of a tension between those two things. Like there if he's is. only risky, if he's only right. dangerous, it's like, well, I just don't, I don't need him. I'm going to cut him out of my life as much as I right. can, you know? But, nope. but you needed him. I did. You wanted him, yeah. I did. I really wanted his love. I wanted his, fa I wanted him to wrap his arms around me and say, you know what? You're going to be just fine. You've got yeah. what it takes. Yeah. I believe in you. That whole blessing right. uh, thing, which is interesting. You know, but this is also the man who gave me spankings. This is the mm -hmm. man who meted out discipline. And never in anger, but at the same time, a little scary. Um, and I thought, oh, he's just always mean. But he wasn't always mean. Um, he wasn't mean at all, really. He just was distant. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think that moment that we were talking about that, that this circles around or this kind of revolves around. And anyway, you could say what you wanted from your dad was love, right? Um, and you got in this moment, but it's that's not particular enough. You know what I mean? Like that's not specific enough. And I love how this story has that particularity. It's not it's not a lecture about what kind of love you needed from your dad, but it's the story right. of the really intricate things that you wanted and, and received from your dad in this moment and how beautiful that is. Yeah. And so it's a really good example of a story of Shalom because it also, you know, you've talked a little bit and, and I can hear the, um, the implications or the hints of things mm -hmm. that are outside of this story that mm -hmm. maybe weren't as whole or peaceful mm -hmm. or full of joy and goodness like this story is. But um, the story is such a good example of pulling that out, especially through um, a young boy's eyes and... Um, as you're reading through it, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times. We've, we've discussed it plenty. Um, this time, does anything stand out to you new? Or does anything feel um, different or fresh? Yeah, I think um, I, I think of some of the questions that I ask to people who are reading their stories. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of turning it inward. But one of the things that I a lot of times want to focus on is not just what stood out to you, but what was it? Like, what was the, why was this so significant? What was the, the, the gist of it? What was the big idea? Um, and I feel like, for me, I, like I'm really impressed, I guess, with, you know, this 10-year-old little boy, this 10-year-old David, who knew in his heart that he was supposed to be celebrated, that he was supposed, he was worthy of love, that this is what he longed for. And what made this story so beautiful is that he gets it. Yeah. Like I got that from my father and I realized, perhaps innately as a 10 year old, that this is kind of the way it's supposed to be, that there should be some sort of affection between a parent and a child. Yeah. Um, and That's really interesting to me. So what, 
in this story tells you that he knew he was worthy of it, or he, he knew that he ought to receive it. I think the fact that that it was so special, that, so I, as I've been kind of thinking back over my life and all this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was interesting, you know, why, why this story? There were lots of different things that happened <laughs> in my life with my parents, but this is one that kind of stood out. Um, and when I read this story, now I'm very aware of, as a father and a husband, that I want to be able to provide that kind of intimacy for my family. Um, but when I was 10, I didn't, I didn't have a clue. But what I did know is when I got it, like that was really cool. Like yeah. this, is a, this is a good thing. And the fact that I understood that as a 10-year-old says that I kind of had a suspicion that this is what was supposed to be the norm. Oh, okay. And this wasn't perhaps normative for me, but I loved it when I got it. Yeah, it's like the ways that you didn't just accept what you were given in life speak yeah. to what might have been wrong about your environment. Wrong almost feels like the wrong way yeah. to talk about it. But like, yeah. um, maybe lacking. Would yeah, be. lacking. There you go. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, it's a little bit of like a truth telling in a way Yeah. of what you needed and what was going on around you. Um, yeah, I love that. What do you, um, what in particular do you love about that, that 10 year old boy? Were you, you were sort of getting into it a little bit, but what do you, what do you yeah. love about him? Um, there was an inquisitiveness, like the, all of the, you know, I was very much a tactile learner. That was my kind of primary learning yeah. modality. So I was in it and touching it and going through it. So the sights and the smells and the touch and all that. Um, so going into the, the gift shop, or not gift shop, but the, the snack bar, yeah, I snack think bar, I talk yeah. about in the story, and the smells and the sights and the, the sound of the cars, they always had graveled, I don't know why, but it seemed like the driveways at drive-ins were always gravel. Mm -hmm. And so you hear kind of the crunch, crunch of mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. cars driving over it. And um, so I think I like that. I was very, um, I was very visually oriented. And here I am getting to, to, to see all these movies. And again, emotionally resonating with like, I like some of the same things that my dad likes. Mm -hmm. Like these, mm -hmm. these movies. Maybe mom wouldn't want me to go see them, but I was yeah. like, like Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon, still like my all-time favorite martial yeah. arts movie, like bar none. And there is this um, one of the other. I mean, this is interesting. One of the other things as I'm talking, I'm thinking about a lot of these movies have a hero. There's a there's a bad thing that happens. There is a hero that rises up and makes it right. You know, he mm. kicks butt, he does whatever he has to do. Um, that was very much the John Wayne character, the Bruce Lee yeah. character. Yep. Um, I fell asleep in Lawrence of Arabia, so I probably couldn't comment on that <laughs> one. It was, I think it's like three hours long. But there was something in that that resonated with little David that said, hey, I want to make a difference. I want to fix some things. And that's very much a recurrent theme in my life, that I find myself very much focused on other people's needs and bringing... The, whatever the hero brings, oh, yeah. in, bringing closure, bringing, you know, fixing yeah. things. Yeah, I love that. I love, 
I love that boys. Yeah, it's like it's like a masculinity of sorts. Like yeah. it's like a desire for um, wanting to see things made right in the world, and yeah, um, and then connecting with your dad over that, and then also the tenderness of wanting to receive love and then getting it. Such a beautiful thing. I, I really love that about him. Yeah. Um, I love something you just brought up that I want to talk about. You know, this is sort of an example of a Shalom story. Um, what's so interesting to me about Shalom stories is that they aren't just a generic story of goodness. They're this, they're this place where we get to see these bits and pieces that make you uniquely who you are. You know, yeah. um, they're, they're undoubtedly good things and they would be good for almost anybody. But, yeah. but there's ways that you can read into this and see like, oh, I see a piece of what makes David uniquely David. You know, like you just said, this, yeah. this connection to, uh, a clear definition of right and wrong and being able to make things right and, and to lead in that way or um, or even just um, like you said you're uh, you communicate love through touch sometimes or, or receive communication of love through touch and that that the story contains that you know mm -hmm. um, or the way that you learn you were talking about tactile learning you know those mm -hmm. are uniquely parts of who you are and we get to tie those threads to other stories the more stories you're gonna share or that you have shared right. We get to tie those threads, and I love that. I really get excited for that. Um, so let me let me ask you this question, and I think this is probably the easiest story to answer this question. But where do you see God in this story? Hmm. Um, that even brought some emotion up as I think about it. In my dad, hmm. uh, when I think about the the tender way that God loves me. So I, when I think of my dad. Um, my dad knew the, the whole of me. So he saw me when I was doing good. He saw me when I wasn't doing good. It, when I, he saw me when I met his expectations. He saw me when I didn't. And yet, even though I felt kind of a conditional love from my father, um, from dad, there is a sense that, that he did represent, like in that tenderness, he wasn't thinking about, oh gosh, you know, he didn't do his chores this week or he forgot to unload the dishwasher or whatever mm -hmm. that there was this surpassing greatness mm -hmm. of of love and attachment and intimacy to to me even as i'm saying this i'm, I'm wrapping my arms around myself mm -hmm. there was this sense of um, of acceptance and peacefulness and i felt that with my kids even on the, their craziest most horrible bad day of behavior yeah. when they fall asleep there's something peaceful about just, I, that's my child, I love them. This is, and you kind of don't forget about all the other stuff, yeah. but it is overshadowed by this remembrance of, wait a minute, how you, and I was, this is another story for another day, but I was adopted, uh, there was divorce in my family, there was a number of other things that happened that made me feel like I was, you know, I was selected on purpose. Um, and something about that resonates with me, which is a little bit different, particularly being adopted. So, in answer to your question, so I see God in my father, in his love for me. I also see God in the, the way that my dad and mom exposed us to different things. So I got to go on an adventure uh, to the movie theater, to the snack bar. There's another time my dad took me fishing, there was other incidents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so I was invited into adventure. And I feel like 
I, I think that's how God is in my yeah. life, that he invites me into things that I don't understand that are actually, Jay, a little dangerous, like unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's something. And even, I, I think this is still true of God, just like the way I looked at my father's affection to me, towards me rather, it was a little unknown. Like yeah. I didn't fully and completely understand him. I didn't understand all about how he felt about me. And in some ways I see God that way. And my God is way bigger than my perceptions, my yeah. limited understanding of him. Yeah. And yet he's not threatened by that. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay that I don't know all the answers. He's still who he is and he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Um, he doesn't really need my help in running the universe <laughs> or my life. He, right. I've, I've asked him about that. He doesn't need my help. <laughs> so I feel like um, in some ways I see my father and my relationship that way. And I didn't really see the whole picture. That's good. I, uh, I think I'd answer that question by just saying like this. The purity of the goodness in the story. Yeah. I see God in that. You know, I think... I think that comes from him. The mm -hmm. verse, the every good and perfect gift comes from above. Like perfect is part of that. You know, yeah. the purity of a goodness yeah. points us to God, you know. And I think through a little boy's eyes, there's such purity in that. You know, just something like popcorn or even just the smell of popcorn or a yeah. Coke and, yeah. or the sights and sounds of a movie, you know. Um, we as adults know that there are there are things that are not perfect about that. Like right. if, you eat, if, you eat, if you drink too much Coke, right. you get overweight. Or, you <laughs> right. know, like a... Or the, you know, the, the movie star in that movie might be a pretty sinful person or something like that or right. whatever. You know, all these ways that you can kind of get jaded about some of that stuff. But there's just the purity of the way he experienced that goodness. I feel like yeah. that's from God. Like also the image stuff of what's in that boy, you know, of that adventure that you're talking about, of that desire to be loved. Those are, those are directly from that, the image of God implanted in you. And I love that. Yeah. What you said, though, this is the first time I've thought about this or... It feels very fresh to me, even though we've gone through this story a couple of times. Is the seeing your God and your seeing God and your dad, and that particularly the dynamic, what stands out to me particularly is the dynamic of a little boy who has awe for his dad, mm -hmm. respect, and a little bit of fear. Mm -hmm. So there's this dynamic of this big man who is not just physically big, but also big in personality or like. The, the 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 house you know moves when dad says move you yes, know like the yes. he he had control or he had um he had leadership over that and a, a little boy's perspective is my dad is a superhero almost like you know it's like he's this bigger than life thing you know but then also the tenderness to draw close to that dad and to want that dad's affection is yeah. such a beautiful dynamic that we get in god too right like yeah. god is is really that thing. He is really the, right. as big as anything you can imagine is, and, and you probably can't even imagine how, how um, enormous his impact is and, who, and his personality or who he is. And worthy of awe and worthy of fear, really. Yeah. You know? But yet also is a God that we're... It's, it feels a little bit paradox. Like it feels, mm -hmm. it feels like it's paradox a little bit that we're also supposed to be tender and draw near to that God, you know, or that God is the same, you know, is represented in the prodigal son. He's hiking up his, his robe and running down the, the road to meet his son, you know, the, the tenderness of that, you know. Um, I love that. I, this, in this story, I mean, that's a really beautiful 
picture of one of the facets of who God is and his relationship mm. with us. I love that. You know, it's hard. It, what's beautiful about story work to me is that you don't get that. It's harder to get that from, from a sermon to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to hear somebody tell their own story and to see the goodness in that and to connect with that yeah. um, element of who God is. I love that. So, Yeah, it's, it's helpful. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is the first story in kind of a three-story arc that we do in our groups. We do Shalom, a story of Shalom, which is a story of all the things that make up that word Shalom. Wholeness, peace, goodness, um, joy, rest, all, all the ways that Shalom um, kind of rests in our minds. And so that this is a really good example of a story of that. And we move on to Shalom Shattered, a story where things are very much different than that. They're broken. They're uh, there's pain there. There's um, grief, uh, sadness, darkness, even. And uh, then we, the third story is Shalom Sought, a story of how those things are being redeemed. Or there's a story of an example of redemption in your life. And um, and so I love I love your story as an example of the first one of those. And then we'll, we'll have uh, Christy Almira, another one of our story group leaders, on to share her story of Shalom Shattered. But David, I want to ask you just sort of in general as an overarching thing about story work, about Dan Allender's you know, kind of version of that. Um, what, why do you think it's important? What sticks out to you as why it has connected with you? It's a great question. I think the, the first thing that sends, that's really stands out in my mind is the idea that, that I get to, to share my story and experience it in community. So uh, one of the things I think about is, um, I think it might have been Dan Elder who said it, somebody did, uh, perhaps it was Adam Young, but the concept was, what if the story that you've believed about yourself all these years isn't true? Uh, and I think so many of the stories, at least in my life, that I look at now as an adult that occurred perhaps when I was younger I have so much more maturity. I have so much more, you know, you know, prefrontal cortex bridges. So much more brain, even, to be able to bring to that. I have a lot more understanding, and the things that I believed about those things that happened to me were not necessarily accurate perceptions. They were, at the very least, incomplete perceptions. And what the beauty of story work for me is, I get to bring that number one into my own. Uh, my own current reality, um, but I also get to have other people listen and give me their impressions of yeah. the story, and they right. notice things that I wouldn't notice. So this conversation we just had about, you know, where do you see God in the story? I have never thought about the elements of God that I experience in that story. Mm -hmm. Certainly I didn't as a 10-year-old boy, Yeah. but even now I'm like, oh, oh. And then the correlations that we drew about Here's some things that were true of David at ten, that are that were big pieces of my life yeah. um, about who God made me to be and my my own leanings and yearnings and desires. Those things, I'm like, yeah, they were right there in that story. I wouldn't have thought about it. But yeah, they were there. So that's some things that come out of story work that I think would be missed apart from community. And I think what's important about that is to notice those things is to. Embrace more of who God's made you to be. Yeah, is to yeah. is to acknowledge those things and to maybe more 
because it's not just about looking at the past. This is also about what does God want for me in my future? Where, where is he calling me? And, and I think understanding who he has made you to be is important in part of that. Um, I, you said something, so you said uh, something that stands out to you, and I think this is really, really important, is that what if the things you remember about yourself um, turn out they're not actually true? Uh, and that's such a deep thing to think about because it's not that it's not that you misremembered what happened in the story or that the events exactly were were wrong. It's not like you actually went to a real movie theater and not a drive-in. It's not. It's not. That's not what we're saying. When we say, "What if they're not true?" What you're saying is, "What if the way that I, the implications of the story or the the ways that that was processed with me, is not true?" So an example of that would be. You know, a story of something embarrassing happening at school and people laughed at you or something like that. Not just completely random, but mm-hmm. like, you as a kid, you might process that as something very embarrassing and something you should never let yourself, you should never let happen to yourself again. And so you sort of set yourself up to not let that happen, and you can end up kind of being being against parts of yourself that like it's wrong for me to make a joke or to. Or or, or or I should never speak out in public or something again because it leads to this pain, you know. And so we do that. That's how we process those memories a lot of times. And so going back and telling that story can be, give you the opportunity to release yourself from that. They're like, oh, right. that actually is a beautiful part of who I am. Right. And the fact that I experienced pain here was actually due to this or was actually really related right. to this. And, and being able to grieve some of that pain with that, with that child that went through that and then also say, well, this story is actually about the goodness of, right. of who I am and how God has made me. And I think this story in particular, um, you know, stories of shalom are ones that help us put our feet on the ground when it comes to the, the goodness of God and the goodness of how he has made us and the, and the light that he's given us. And so um, that's, where, that's why that's the one you start with, you know, because we yeah. get to move on to some of the more difficult stories that are full of grief and, and some pain and um, being able to process that. So, um, so yeah. Well, thank you, David. I really appreciate you sharing this with us. And yeah. uh, I'm hoping this will be helpful for people um, as they get to listen to this and, and process how they want to tell their stories of Shalom. Um, so, thanks again. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed this. Thanks, right. Jake. Thanks.